Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Join me in Matthew chapter 2 again. I want to revisit the message from this morning. And uh, we talked a little, bit this, uh, a little bit this morning about Christmas preparations. And uh, I, want you to, I want you to kind of talk with me tonight a little bit. Let's talk for a little bit about the message this morning and, and what you thought, maybe some discussion you may have had with yourself or maybe with your spouse or with your family. I think that's a good thing. You know, you go home and maybe around the lunch table or supper table, you know, you begin to talk about the message, right? That's a good way to live it out, right? Think about this. How many messages do we hear in the course of a year? There's a lot. If you're faithful to church, you hear at least, at least three a week, right? Sometimes four. And uh, you know what happens sometimes. The really good messages, wow. The really good messages, but sometimes they go in one ear and out the other. Right? Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate that, sister. My wife would have amended it as well, you know? Do you ever think about this? Um, just to just kind of take a deep breath right now and go, all the pressure's off. Let's talk for a little bit. Do you ever think about the energy and effort and time and prayer and study that goes in to just one message? Do you ever think about that? I mean, just take this morning's message, right? We, we talked a little bit about this Christmas preparation. I always look for ways to introduce it. You know, something that when I went to Bible college, they would say this, when you build a message, you always want to have an attention getter. And so that's your introduction. You know, and so I always look for ways to introduce the message. Uh, sometimes it's uh, kind of lighthearted. At other times it might be it might be doctrinal or theological. You know, it all depends on how the Lord leads me. This morning, we talked about, you know, making preparation for Christmas. And I said, just look around and you can tell, you know, we're making our preparations for Christmas. Right? I brought, in, I brought into the discussion Black Friday. That was a couple days ago. Right? Did you get any good deals? Huh? No? Uh, and then we talked about tomorrow, Cyber Monday. Right? Why did I bring that up? What's that got to do with anything? Well, it's just a way to get you thinking a little bit about how during this time of the year, everybody's making some kind of preparation. Whether you like the holiday or not, you're either preparing to be happy or you're preparing to be miserable, right? You're, you're either going to enjoy it, you're going to be humbum, hum, you know, what is it? Humbug, you know, Grinch, you know? And so, but I look for ways to, uh, you know, bring the message, you know, in, in, right into your, into your living room, so to speak. And then we get into the truth of the message. Now think about this. I'm trying to make a point. We went through this morning some of these spiritual preparations that we can make. And we're going to talk about them again in just a moment. But if you think about each, each of the preparations that I spoke about, you know, and I don't have but Sunday morning, I guess, I start preaching what? What time? 11.05, 11.010, 
11.010. You can tell it's Sunday night. 11.010. Uh, and, I, and I know this. I know this. I am on the clock. And it's not that any of you sit there and, and, and do this. Have you ever had anybody do that to your preacher? Can you see what I'm doing when you're preaching? I know this one time Dr. Bedell was preaching and he told me, he called me up on a Monday and he told me that there was a guy in church on Sunday and right, right somewhere in the message, the guy got up to walk out and Dr. Bedell shouted from the, from the pulpit. And you know, he used to do that, right? Hey, where are you going? And the fellow said to get a haircut. Dr. Bedell said, why didn't you get one before you came to church? And the fellow said, I didn't need one before I came to church. <laughs> he used to preach long, you know. Uh, but I know I'm on the clock, and I know you only give me so much time mentally. Say amen right there. Amen. You, you, you just, after maybe some of your five minutes, and you're done. <laughs> but for others, I got you for maybe 25 to 30 minutes. And so what I try to do in those 25, 30 minutes is enrich your life, challenge you spiritually, make a deposit of information, do some kind of good to advance Christianity in your life. That's what I try to do. I rarely preach a message that some would call a sugar stick. It's just fun to preach, although I have some like that. Most of the time, they're thought over, they're prayed over, and I'm thinking, like this morning, I know we're heading into December, Christmas is coming, and I thought it, this would be a great week. I could have preached another Thanksgiving message, but I think you heard enough of those. So I thought this would be a great week to get you thinking about some of the preparations we ought to make internally for the upcoming season, because some, some folks just struggle with it. And sometimes it's not an emotional struggle. It's just that we get lost, you know, in the holiday. We get lost in what they call the Christmas spirit. Hello? You know what I found out through the years? The Christmas spirit and the Holy Spirit do not resemble each other. One leaves you rich, the other leaves you poor. And you do the math. You can figure that out for yourself, you know. And so I, I try to do my best to put information into a message that will help you and enhance your Christianity. And I'll be honest with you, when you think about it, if you listen to just this morning's message, if I were to go around right now and ask you, give me one thing that really impacted your life, you might be embarrassed because you couldn't, you couldn't, you heard the message and you probably said, well, that was a good message. I don't know if you can walk out and say it wasn't because it was biblical. You may not have liked the delivery, but it was biblical. So it had to be good because everything from the Bible is good. But what impact did that message have? on your life. And if it had no impact, then what do we do? Why do we come to church? Why did we sit here for an hour? And then why did you come back tonight and ask me to preach to you again? Somebody say something. Right? Am I, am I, right? And so I'll preach all day, every day, for as long as you want, as long as you're getting something from it and it's enhancing your life. But when we just leave out and say, that's a good, and just chalk it up to another good message, it just, it just makes no impact. And so one of the things I think maybe we should try and do is, you know what I do? When I go home, I'll eat my lunch on Sunday, and then I'll sit down, and I hate to, I hate, I used to hate to do this, Raji. I used to hate to listen to myself. But now I do because I want to make sure that the message I preached was the way God wanted me to preach it and that I would have grown through it. And there's times when I'm listening to it and saying, man, alive, and that didn't connect a dot, and that's not what I wanted to say. But then there's times when I'll say, boy, that was good. And I amen, I amen myself, ah, that was good. I ought to try to do that. <laughs> that was good preaching. It wasn't me. As the Holy Spirit, I think maybe I'll try that this week. 
I'm just trying to help you, church. Look here, I've lived long enough now. I have no idea how much time on earth I have left or ministry time I have left, but I don't want to waste any of it. And I want every time that I stand and preach or deliver the Word of God, I want it to be impactful. I want, I want, and even in these teenagers, sometimes they come to church, they look so bored that I feel like i got to stand up here and spit out, you know, wooden nickels to make them. They ought to come and say, well, I need to get in on this as well because this is my future. And I need to grow through the truth of God's Word. Correct? And so maybe moving forward into this upcoming year, if the Lord tarries, and I'm still praying on this, but Wednesday night, this Wednesday night, and for several Wednesday nights, I'm going to develop a series called Elimination. One word, Bob. I like one word. Elimination. Things that we ought to eliminate from our lives before we go into 2024. Yeah, I was sitting down the other day just praying and thinking about, you know, how to finish up the year, and the Lord just laid it on my heart. Elimination. There are some things in my life, there are things in your life that we ought to eliminate before we go into 2024. Huh? Can I tell you one of them? A bitter spirit. I don't have a bitter spirit. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised if you were to ask somebody to to analyze your spirit, how they might come up and say, I think you're dealing with a little bit of bitterness. It got real quiet. Because you see, sometimes we think bitterness walks around just like hump the grump. No, bitterness affects every aspect of our life. You just don't realize it. It, is, it, it, it. it will affect your outlook. It'll affect your trust and your faith. It'll affect a lot of things if you'll, if you'll let it. So maybe we ought to work on eliminating some bitterness before we go into 2024. What, what say ye, church? Yeah. Amen? But that's not the message for tonight. Message for tonight is to revisit what we spoke about this morning, and that was spiritual preparations, right? And so we talked about Luke chapter number two, uh, Matthew chapter number two, and these men that the Bible calls wise, right? Look at it again. Luke two, verse one, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came what? Wise men. How many were there? How many? It doesn't say. How many have you sung the song? We three kings of Orient are bearing gifts. Retra-. Why do they say three kings? Why, why were there three of them? Because there was three gifts, right? But there could have been more than three. It could have been just two. could have been four. The only thing we know about them is this. They were wise, and we would conclude they were wise because they came seeking who? They came seeking Jesus. Anyone who seeks the Lord is a very wise person. Amen? But here it says, they sought him, and said, they said this in verse 2, when they got to Jerusalem, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we've seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. And from that one verse of Scripture, we, I, at least I did, at least I, 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 I kind of drew from that text two aspects that I would consider spiritual preparation for Christmas, making Christmas preparations. I gave you a list of items that you can get on Google, right? Remember that? Yep. All right, let me see if you remember. What was a couple of the items you can get on Google as far as how to prepare for Christmas? You got it written down, sister? You're looking at your notes. She's not looking at me. You got it written down? How many of you remember? What was that, Nick? Read the Christmas story. Read the Christmas story, right? Remember that? Ways to prepare. That's not a bad idea. Read the Christmas story. You can find a couple places in the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. What else we said this morning? Who? Listen to Christmas music, 
right? Santa baby, da 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 da. <laughs> That's your favorite, isn't it, preacher? <laughs> right? Uh, listen to Christmas music, spend time with family and friends, and re reflect, and all that kind of stuff, right? But spiritually speaking, I think this, even though they're, they're good, there's some, other, there's some other things that I think will help us to really deepen uh, ourselves and maybe be more prepared. We talked about them this morning. From this text, you know, the very first thing we said this, what, the, what these wise men did, the, the Magi did, was they had a good what? One word. They had a good understanding, right? They had a good understanding. What did they understand? Well, when you, when you think about it, look, look at the text again. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? Right? Talk to me a little bit about that. Let's discuss that for a moment. What, 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 you know, what was their understanding? What led them to where they, they finally arrived? Lil? Yeah. Lil said this, they must have known something from the scriptures to, to come up with that, right? You know, what do, what do you think? Did you see that in that text? You know, when they finally arrived, where is he that is born king of the Jews? So they had an understanding, right? And it wasn't just because they, they studied the stars, you know, but I like it where it says, you know, we saw his star, you know, his star was leading him. So they had an understanding uh, of Christmas, and we had said this, or at least of the event, and we had said that I think entering into you know, the Christmas season, it would be good for us to have an understanding, or we put it this way, here's the challenge, to keep Jesus in focus this Christmas. Well, let's, let's be honest. Have you ever lost your focus at Christmas? Yes. Has it ever gotten on things? You know, and I'm not talking about sinful things, but have you ever lost your focus and you got all bombarded and, you know, I like this word, discombobulated? You know what it means to be discombobulated? Huh? How many don't want to be here right now because the Eagles are playing? It's all over your face. Come on, stay with me. So talk to me a little bit. What are some of the ways that you personally maybe you've used to keep yourself focused? Help us with that. Give me, give me something that might help me. How can we stay focused this Christmas on Jesus? How can I keep, even though I'm going to buy gifts, I'm going to visit with family, I'm going to celebrate, I'm going to decorate, I'm going to sing, rump -a bum bum I'm going to do all that kind of stuff. What are some ways that I can keep my focus on Christ during the Christmas season? What, Dave? Making sure that when the church doors open, you're here. You stole that from the message this morning, but I like it. He said, making sure that when the church doors are open, you're here. That's a good one. What else? Come on, you got some other things that you think about? Hmm? Try to think of those folks that are probably without no transportation to get here. Maybe you could give them an offer. Good. Maybe some special things going on for the holidays yeah. at this church. Good for you, Rich. Yeah, I've been doing, starting to do that. It's a good idea, right? Yeah. You know, so focus on others. Maybe focus on others who don't, don't have. Good. He said this, even focusing on, on people who can't get to church, maybe, you know, just volunteering to say, how? I'll pick you up and take you. Good. I got a fellow over in Philly wants to come. Can't, he doesn't have a car. Maybe go get him. Something else. Deb. In all the busyness, still take time for your devotions. Yeah, that's important. I like that. In all the busyness, and it's busy, right? Still take time for your, your, your devotions, your personal walk with the Lord. Yes, ma'am. I would say sharing the Christmas story, which is Christ, with those who do not know him. Yeah. 
That's good. Share the Christmas story with others who don't know him so that the focus is on him, right? That's good. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, that's good. I like that. So Lil said this, put the nativity scene at a, a prominent position in, in the house so that when anybody comes in, right, they see that and you can, it's, it's a witnessing tool. Isn't that right? Christy. Daily Advent calendar for my kids. I'm sorry. Daily Advent calendar for my kids. Yeah, that's good. I like that. A daily Advent calendar for children. You do a four-week calendar? We just bought a little chocolates from Aldi. They have to listen until they, in order to get their chocolates. Oh. I like that. Don, did you hear that? They have a chocolate advent, advent calendar at Aldi's. Good. Yes, ma'am. Well, one of the things that we had did, which we kind of changed a little bit, but we still stay focused. But when we were raising our young children, and how we kept it focused was it was a, the children, our children and mom and dad, we always had a big birthday party for Jesus. Hmm. Yeah, got birthday cake, candles, and the whole deal. Good. That's awesome. That's good. I like that. A lot of folks. You ever do that? Did you ever birthday party for Jesus? Yes, sir. I think one very important thing would be to keep Christ and Christmas overall. How do you do that? Christ-likeness. Christ-likeness. Okay, good. Wonderful ideas, right? So let me ask you this. What, what are some of the things that now from our discussion you might say, I need to work on to remind myself to keep Christ in focus? Maybe some Bible verses you want to memorize. Maybe Bible verses you want to put on a three-by-five card. Put them in significant places. You know, maybe little triggers. Everybody has a trigger, right? We ought to have spiritual triggers, right? Uh, I would say this. All right, so if you, if you get anger, angry, do you, you know what triggers your anger? Are there certain things, for example, maybe when you're driving? Or, so everybody has a trigger. We ought to have some spiritual triggers, things that trigger you know, us to think about Jesus or focus on Christ, right? Maybe, maybe it's somebody that you see in the community that has nothing that causes you to remember how much you have. You know, whatever we can do, I think this, I think we need to understand and keep focus. And you, you, this is an old cliche, I know, the reason for the season, right? You know, we've heard that a million times, Jesus is the reason for the season. But even though we know these things, right? Every once in a while, we get preoccupied and we lose focus of those things. And when we do, we lose out, you know? So maybe this year we can challenge ourselves to keep Christ, you know, in focus, you know, as we go through Christmas. There was a second thing we found in verse number two. They, they said this, uh, where is he that is born king of the Jews? So they had an understanding of, of who he was. And then he says, we have seen his star in the east and come to worship him. Right? So having a good understanding of who Jesus is and what Christmas is all about causes us to worship him. Right? You know Christmas is not a biblical word? You aware of that? Do you know how, you know how we arrived at calling Christmas Christmas? Any idea? Any, anybody know where that came from? Huh? Who said it? Catholicism. That's exactly right. A lot, of our, a lot of our Christian holidays have been labeled by Catholicism. Do you know Christ really wasn't born on December 25th? I hate to pop your bubble. But you know that that's not the date. We just came up with that date. Uh, we didn't come up with that date. 
Catholicism came with that date. There are significant things in Catholicism. They've named it Christmas time, Christmas. You know, you, you heard the story about St. Nicholas, right? Um, and so these are all Catholic events. When you look at the Bible, uh, you don't find Christmas, but you do find the birth of Christ. And there's a biblical name for that. And we spoke about it this morning. What was that name? Remember, we, we gave you two, two, who? Advent, but the other one I gave you was? Incarnation. Incarnation. That's the biblical term. That's the theological term for the birth of Christ. Incarnation. What does that mean? Say it again. God became flesh. Right? John chapter number one, in the beginning was, and the word was with God in the word. Verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Right? That's Christmas. Right? It's the incarnation of Christ. Advent is a Latin word that means, say it, coming, coming. So there's, Christ has two advents. The first one was his birth, and the second one, he's coming again. Right? He's promised to come again. Aren't you glad? Huh? If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, that where I am there, you may be also. Right? And that maybe is not maybe, it's maybe. You will be, right? If you're saved, you will be. And so they had an understanding, you know, of that event, and it caused them to worship him. And they worshiped the Lord. And we spoke about worship this morning. Do you remember the definition we gave for worship this morning? How many remember it? Did you write it down? Anybody have it? Here it is again. I knew you didn't have it, so I gave it to you again. True worship is defined by the priority we place on God or on who God is in our lives. In other words, it simply means this. What place does God have in my life? And I know many of us right now would say he's Lord. But is he? Is he? Is he? See, he can be Savior and not your Lord. He is the Lord but is he your Lord? Are you doing today everything that you know he wants you to do? Are you today where God wants you to be, and are you using what he's given you to use? Right? Because it can never be, it can never be no, Lord. It's always, it's always yes, Lord, because once it becomes no, Lord, he's no longer Lord. Right? Huh? Are you with me? And so, worship is when you and I give God that rightful place in our lives. And I remember in Bible college, early on, very first semester, very first, you know, uh, one of the first classes I took, theology proper, they taught us what the chief end of man is. What's our whole purpose in life? To glorify God and enjoy Him. You know? What's the whole purpose of the church? Glorify God. What's the responsibility of the church? Evangelize the lost. Is bring glory and honor to God. Are we doing that on a daily basis? And that's why this past year I was challenged with that one thought I share with you a few times where I, I began to pray, Lord, help me today to live in such a way that people really do know I belong to you. Right? I, I want people to know that. I don't, I don't want it. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed to walk into a room and somebody say, oh, he's a Christian. Yes, indeed, I am. I'm glad I am. Right? Jesus is my, my Savior. I love him with all my heart. I live for him and try to do the best I can for him. I would hope that's your testimony. 
right? So what are some ways we can prepare ourselves for this upcoming year? Well, with understanding, we begin to worship Him. And the challenge was this, what are some ways that we can focus our attention on worship this Christmas? What are some ways that we can focus our attention on worshiping Him this Christmas? I gave a couple of suggestions. One was this, and I hope I didn't offend you this morning when I had said this, we ought to do our best to attend services at Christmas. Right? I think that's only pleasing to the Lord. Now, I get there are some circumstances you're going out of town, and I get it. I, I get all of that. But if you're just going to Grandmom's house, you can say to Grandmom, I'll be there after church. We have. I've said to Grandpa, can't be there until a certain time. Why? I've got to go to church. Right? I think that's only, as a Christian, I think that's our reasonable service. I don't think we get a pat on the back for that. Oh, Dave, you decided to come to church instead of going to Grandpa's? Well, you must be a great Christian. No, that's what you ought to do. The Bible says after we've done all that's re required of us to do, we're still unprofitable servants. Isn't that what Luke said? Right? So I know what you're saying now. Now he's getting into preaching. Or is it meddling? But I think this. I think there needs to come a time where we're confronted with the fact that he's got to come first. And people need to know that. That's when, you know, the, the fellows were coming along and, you know, Jesus said, follow me. And one said, well, I follow you, but I need to go and bury my... And Jesus said, no, just go, go bury him. Go ahead. You don't have time for... What's he saying? He said, your love for me ought to make your love for them kind of pale. Meaning, he needs to come first. And when he does, he puts everything else in place. Can I tell you a personal testimony about that? Growing up, I'm named after my father's father, my grandfather. My grandfather was a hard-working Italian guy. I mean, a hard-working workaholic kind of guy. And uh, in my family, one by one, by one by one, we started getting saved. And when we got saved, believe it or not, the Lord really began to quick work in us, and we began to really change. The Lord began to change our lives immediately. And some of our other family members, the older ones, didn't understand that. My grandfather and grandmother being one of them. Italian roots, family, tradition, you know, if Grandpa says we're having family supper, the Wilsons will understand this, we're going to be there, or... More, we're in big trouble. Well, when we got saved, there, were, there was a time where we really grew in the Lord and we wanted to be pleasing to the Lord that we had to say no to Grandpa. And that was very hard. It was extremely difficult. And guess what Grandpa did? Grandpa blew his, his top and he let it be known that we're disappointing the family and I can't believe you're doing this and what kind of Christianity would take you from family and what kind of church you go into must be a cult, blah, 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 blah. But you know what we did? As hard as it was, as much as it hurt, because I love my grandfather. I'm named after my grandfather. I would never want to do anything to displease my grandfather. I did what God would want me to do. And in the process of time, and it wasn't a long time, guess what happened? My grandfather and my grandmother got saved. <laughs> got saved. And at like 71 years old, they got baptized in an independent, Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church right over here in New Jersey. They lived right here in Lindenwald. 
And my grandfather, because he would come and listen to me preach, asked me to come over to his house and teach Bible study. He said, I don't want anybody else but you to teach me. And so here I am making a stand for the Lord and really in my heart saying, I can't believe you're making me do this because I love this man and I don't want to disappoint this man. But I love you too and don't want to disappoint you. And it's almost like he said, well, you choose, but if you choose me, I'll take care of the other. And he did. And he did. I mean to tell you, Brother Smith, there were times when my wife and I and our family had to say no to certain family functions because it was not going to be God-honoring. And it hurt, and the family went like this to us. Yet, most of those people through the years got saved. And when, 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 their, when their bottom fell out, when their back was against the wall, when trouble hit their house, guess who they began to call for prayer? Me and my wife and my mother and my father and our family members. Why? Because they knew what we had was real. How will they ever know what you have is real if it's not real for you? Amen. Amen. And so one way, I think, like you said, Dave, you brought this up, not me. We can attend, we can attend services, right? And then I, I, like, I like this last one. Let me just get to it. In, in chapter number 2, in verse number 11, notice this. It says, and when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, notice, they presented unto him gifts. And what did they give him? They gave him gold and frankincense and myrrh, right? And, and, and here's what I did. I didn't share this this morning. This was for tonight. I mentioned it, though, that it was an expression, right? So how can we prepare ourselves spiritually for Christmas? Well, with a good understanding. We understand, never forget what the season's all about. It's not about giving and receiving gifts. It's about Jesus. Yep, that's right. It's not about dressing up and having family time. It's about Jesus. It's not about Christmas trees, and I'm not humbug about that kind of stuff. Look around. I love them. But it's about Jesus. And because I understand what it's about, I worship him. I try to do the best I can to put him at his rightful place in my life. I want him to be my Lord. And as a result of that, I try to do my best to express that he's my Lord. And I said this this morning, one way, maybe a challenge, is to be on the giving side of the line. The giving side of the line, right? Are you aware that we live in a nation of takers? Right or wrong? And our government has made us takers. They've made us dependent on them, and I'm not going to get into all the different aspects of it, but we live in a, in a, in a society of takers. Everybody seems to be born. If you're born with an American birth certificate, you are entitled. Don't believe that, but, but that's, that's what is being told. You're entitled. And we all, we all walk around in life with our hands out. But as Christians, we ought to stand on the giving side of the line. Are you with me? And, and I, I said this, these, these, these wise men were on a mission of understanding. Because when they came and worshipped him, they came with good understanding and worshipped him. They give, they give an expression of their worship and of their love with these gifts. And, and there's three of them mentioned. Look, look, look at the gifts. There's gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Any idea what they represent? Let's talk about gold. Any, any idea as to why they would give 
Jesus gold. Hmm? What did you say? You said purity? Royalty. Because he's a king. Look, look, look at chapter number 2, verse number 2 again. Where is he that is born? King of the Jews. Right? And so they're recognizing his, his royalty with the gift of, of gold. Jesus is king of kings, Lord of lords. And then, and then not only that, but they gave him, look, look at the second gift there, they gave him frankincense. You know what frankincense is? It's an incense. Right? And so why would they give to Jesus frankincense? Any, any ideas to why that would be? Representative of his? Who? His deity. His deity. You know, at, at one point in time, Jesus was 100% God, 100% man at the same time. Because when he became a man, he didn't lay aside his, his deity, his divinity. No, he was still God. And so these, these wise men, you know, they understand. And they come and they give these gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. You know what myrrh is? Any idea what myrrh is? Somebody say it louder. Yeah, it's, 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 it's like, kind of like we would say embalming fluid. You know, it was a burial spice. That's what they would use to bury. So what are they saying? They're understanding that the king of the Jews, God himself, is going to lay himself down for the sin of man. What a message that is. And so they're expressing. Look here. They didn't, they didn't end up in Jerusalem, pull into Wawa, and get a couple of gift cards. They didn't pick up a gift cards for, you know, the Sandal Hut or Camels or Us. No, man. Look here. The gifts they gave had some thought behind them and some meaning behind them. Did you ever receive a gift with thought behind it? Look here. Come on. Did you ever receive a gift? I've been, I've, been, I've been thinking. My wife said to me about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, she said, so what gifts are you going to give for the leadership of the church? Because each year I try to get the leadership something. You know, and when you get a last-minute gift... If you guys get a coffee mug this year, it's because I forgot. But usually I try to pray and put meaning, put some meaning behind the gift. I either look for a book or something that would enrich your life. I don't want to give you a gift card to Wawa. I want, I want to put some thought. Now, by the way, if you're going to give me a gift card to Wawa, that's a great gift. I have plenty of books. And that's a lot of thought. I appreciate that. But when these fellows put these gifts together, there was thought behind it. Are you with me? They were trying to express their love for the Lord, their love for this child, their understanding of who he was and what, what, what mission he was on. And so my challenge is this. What are some ways we can express our understanding and worship of Jesus this year? What are some ways we can express our love for him, our appreciation for him? Any ideas? Some ways we can be expressive? I know you have them. What's that? Who? With our time. Give him some of our time. Somebody yelled something over here. Sing. Who? Sing. Sing. Yeah. How many of you love to sing? You may not like to sing in church, but how many love, just love to sing? Do you ever sing maybe in your car? In the shower? You ever whistle? Anybody whistle? Is anybody here? Before I die or the Lord raptures me, I'm going to get you to be a little bit more participating. I promise you that. It's going to be your gift to me. I'm going to participate. Sue so who? You're going to get some buzzers under the seat. 
Buzzers under the seat. Good idea. That'll shake you up. Right? Your turn. Other ways we can express ourselves. Think about it. So this, this coming Christmas, how are you going to express your love for him? How are you going to express, how are people going to know that you belong to him? If you don't give it some thought, it's not going to happen. Expressing to others uh, what Christ did for you during, like, especially like this time of month. I yeah, really good. Uh, so we just came up with, I don't, I don't have one here, but step about that size. These Christmas, you have one on you? We have Christmas invitations. They're really nice looking. We, we try, like I said this morning, we never try to put something together that's tacky. I mean, look at that. Isn't, isn't that handsome? Or beautiful or whatever you want to call it. I call it handsome because I'm a man. Isn't it handsome? And look, it just says this. Look, Christmas, Open Bible Baptist Church. And on the back, you know, be our guest this Sunday. And real simple. Service times. And then uh, you can have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Well, here's all you can do. How can I express myself? wherever you might go. Just keep some of these on your person, right? You'd be surprised. I'm telling you, people today, they're, they're not as antagonistic or as uh, in a state of refusal as they used to be. And I'm finding people really receptive. And, and normally what I just do is I have, you know, one of these with me. Hey, let me leave you one of those. That's an invitation to our church. God bless you if you read that. And that's all. And if they say, if they say anything to me, if they say, well, what's that all about? Then I'll tell them. But normally I'm on the run and I'm just going to say, hey, if you get a chance, would you read that? An invitation. Love to have you come out and visit our church. That's a way you can express, right? right? You know? So just some small little things. doesn't have to be something huge, monumental, but just ways that we can express our love for him. And I think this, I think that will help you and I to prepare ourselves for the Christmas season. How many of us know somebody who really struggles during this time of the year? You know somebody like that? I do. I know a lot of people like that. I counsel with people like that all the time. Holidays are difficult for some people. You know, and Christmas is one of those holidays, really difficult for some people, you know. One, one way, I'll tell you what you can do, is just, you know, if you see somebody, just, just pray for them. Talk with them. Give them a call. We got a lot of people. Right now, I pray every single morning, Dr. Adele, I pray for a list of people that I, they're on my affliction list. They're folks who have just recently had surgery or recovering from surgery. There are people that I know at Open Bible that are having emotional stresses right now. They're really going through it. And I pray for them every single morning. And my simple prayer is this, Lord, might your presence abide upon their life because where your presence is, your peace is. And if they have your peace, they're going to be okay. I pray that simple little prayer for these people every single morning. I promise you, I do. That's a way I can make an investment in people's lives. You can do the same. I'm nobody special. I'm just a sinner saved by grace, but try to make my Christianity real. You can do the same to where when you come to church, you say, man, I, I can't wait to get to church because I'm depleted. Uh, Pastor, feed me because I need to go out again this week and be a Christian. So feed me, and I'm going to sit on the edge of this pew, and I'm going to take in everything you say, and then I'm going to try to mull it over in my mind and put it to use in my life so that it becomes a part of my Christianity, my fabric, kind of like the, the, the coat I put on. Because if not, it's just words in one ear and out the other. What good is it? Right? Amen? Amen? And so preparations for Christmas. Christmas can be a wonderful time of the year if you're prepared for it. You know, and I think maybe what we ought to try to do is prepare ourselves spiritually. Get yourself a good understanding of what it's all about. And that'll change. That'll change everything. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. 
For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.